It's Eat Right Radio. It's all about eating right. Produced with the help of our friends at the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Here's Melanie Cole, MS. 49 million individuals in America face hunger. That translates to one out of seven adults and one out of five children that don't have enough food on a regular basis. My guest is Dr. Lori Wright. She's an assistant professor in public health at the University of South Florida. Welcome to the show, Dr. Wright. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in this country that is so such a wealth of food. Our grocery stores are packed. Our corner groceries and 7-Elevens are packed with food. Why is there hunger in this country? Melanie, this is um, really an an underrated problem that exists in our community. We traditionally think of hunger as the starving children in another country. But hunger is here in, in our back door. And on average, about one in five children go to school every day experiencing some form of food insecurity or hunger. And the word isn't out that there is a new faith to food insecurity. So if we think of those kids, as you say, in Africa, what's going on with our children? With all this food around, it's shameful that we should have anyone go hungry in this country. It is a shame, and it is a problem that can be fixed. It isn't a lack of food. It's just a distribution of food that is unequal. So there are many individuals, and especially since the economic downturn in 2007, we just haven't recovered from that ability to provide healthy and adequate food to everyone in our country. So what about the school systems and the, you know, school lunches and the breakfasts? Are, are these waning off? Are they still going strong? Are these children able to go to school and have breakfast and lunch? And then who knows what happens once they get home? That's exactly the problem, is the school programs are going strong. They're a source of healthy, hot nutrition, but unfortunately, it often is the only meal or two meals that they will receive all day. So when they go home, they and their family don't have enough to eat or even anything to eat for a meal. And then you can imagine on the weekend and in the summer, what happens to these young children with them having enough food to eat. What can we do about this problem, Dr. Wright? There's, you know, we hear about the food pantries in our local communities, and we never quite know if they're really distributing food to those who need it or schools that collect canned food, kids that use that as projects. What happens to the food that we donate? Well, I think the first thing we need to recognize is there are food assistance programs through for example, SNAP, but as many people are starting to find out doing the SNAP challenge, like Gwyneth Paltrow, she only made it four days. SNAP, these food assistance programs aren't enough. And so the burden has fallen onto many of these charitable and nonprofit organizations to fill that gap. And Feeding America is one example of of an organization that's working very hard to feed the gap. So when individuals donate, have a food drive at a school or a service organization, what often happens is that goes to a central location to store that food. And then different food pantries, like at your local church or at um, a clinic, like a health clinic, will come to Feeding America and get that, that 
stored food and provide it to individuals coming to the school or to the church. Um, what I like to recommend to individuals, though, is think about what you're donating. Don't make it a pantry dump. You know, dump everything out that you don't want to eat. Think about the health for the individuals receiving that. Unfortunately, we see a, a great deal of health concern in the food insecure. About half of all the individuals that come to food pantries have, have high blood pressure, and about a third of the, all the recipients that come to the food pantries have diabetes. So what we donate really has an impact on their health. And we see higher rates of obesity. So what I'm really encouraging individuals is be aware of this new face of food insecurity and, and donate healthy food for their health. So instead of just, um, you know, pulling out a can of, um, of cream of mushroom soup, think about a healthy soup that you can provide, a low-sodium, maybe a chicken noodle soup so it has some protein in it. Think about some some tuna in packed in water or fruit that's packed in its own juices. Think about what you would want to feed your family. And many grocery stores offer, um, you know, buy one, get one free. So what I like people to think of is buy one, give one for health. That's a great way to put it, and it is kind of an obesity paradox, Dr. Wright, that that these people that are food insecure, because whatever it is we're donating is not healthy, or that the cheapest food happens to be junk, or that, you know, this is what they're getting, so obesity is on the rise among those hungriest of us. And what a paradox that is. So when we're donating, that's great advice to look in our pantries and decide what we would feed our families, not just, you know, a pantry dump, as you say. What else would you like us to do? Is raising money better than donating food, you know, working at a food pantry? What would you like us to do to help? There are so many ways to get involved and, and really spread the word and champion this cause. And, and I really like people to, to go and spend half a day at uh, a Feeding America or at a food pantry where you see the eyes of food insecurity. And I will guarantee you the first time you volunteer, you'll want to do it again and again. Um, so I really think getting involved at the pantries, distributing food, helping them sort the food is a great first step. And please in- include children because this is, this is having a bigger impact on their generation. And so we want to get them involved and really see how we can end this fight against hunger. Another great way is to have a food drive. And um, there's a great site, Healthy uh, Food Hub, where you can go and, and look at food to donate um, in, a, in a food drive. So I really encourage using those, um, those resources that are available. But have a food drive and... And include the list of foods that we want to encourage. Uh, again, the, the vegetables that are low sodium, um, even fresh fruits and vegetables as much as possible. And I was just going to ask you about that because we think of the pantry and the and the, and the canned food and the boxed food, which we all know in this day of, of health and nutrition, we're trying to steer clear of the boxed food with so many processed ingredients. Can we donate 
or grow or distribute fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh lean meats and fish? Are any of those donatable? That, that has been a real paradigm shift for um, the food network because many of the food pantries, the small food pantries, might not have the refrigeration to accept large donations. But more and more, we're working with a network of farmers and, um, and food assistance programs to get refrigeration and get that network out so that when um, I here live in Florida and when we have the extra strawberries that we just recently experienced, you know, we can send the, the word out that we have all these extra strawberries and they need to be utilized quickly, but really building that network. And that's where, as an individual, you can, if you go to farmer's market, encourage your farmer's market to donate um, foods like some of the ugly produce that they might normally throw away. I encourage them to donate those foods to, uh, to like, a Feeding America. And that's where some of the money donations might be helpful, is getting that fresh fruit and vegetable out to the food pantry. Thank you so much. It's great information. You're listening to Eat Right Radio with our good friends from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Thanks so much for listening. This is Melanie Cole. You can go to eatright.org for more information. Stay well. Stay well.